Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Hidden Disability series on Braincast. In this new series, we aim to talk to people with hidden disabilities, discussing their experiences with the healthcare and the education system and what they think is needed from society to support them. My name is Emily and on this episode, I'm really pleased to have Ray join us to discuss functional neurological disorder. So, um, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you, how are you? I'm, I'm great. Um, so would you mind just telling us a little bit about you and about your life and about your work maybe? Yeah, um, so yeah, my name's Ray. I'm 35. I am, well, I struggle with and have been FND. Um, it's been quite a, a while now that I've had it. I was only diagnosed in yeah. 2017, but I've had symptoms um, since 2006, um, which started off with the seizures um, initially. They thought it was originally down to depression, panic attacks, that kind of thing. So it was just kind of fobbed off. Um, but then going through history with my mum, um, at two days old, I was actually rushed back into hospital having um, quite a number of seizures a day. Um, oh, wow. So I've been used to having, well, my body's been used to having seizures since birth, but I can't physically remember anything from say 11 downwards I can look at pictures and know that's myself and I can watch videos knowing that that was me but actually gathering recollection of those memories isn't possible for me um so then the seizure started again in 2006 and it took to 2017 to actually get a full-on diagnosis of non-epileptic attack disorder which is obviously a part of the FND yeah. um so they obviously referred me to the right people um and I got, I wouldn't say the full on explanation of what FND is and what um, functional seizures were. I was given a leaflet and a website and told to go and read John Stone's book, um, yeah. which wasn't helpful. But at the time, I kind of wasn't phased. I'd got a diagnosis. It, for me, it was a, I'd been given what I needed to know and I could kind of get on with life. Um, literally a month after my diagnosis I found out I was pregnant anyway so I kind of forgot about me and concentrated on what was coming um, obviously yeah. a little isn't just a an easy job to do having a baby is quite hard work within itself so I kind of I won't, won't lie I did bury my head in the sand I didn't want to think what I'd got I just thought you know well I've dealt with it this long I, I can still deal with it um, yeah but in turn, I was wrong. I didn't do my research. I didn't look into it. So therefore, I got a, quite a big shock when I started deteriorating and my health started going downhill. Um, yeah. But even though I kind of lost myself, I almost found myself again because I realised that things hadn't just kind of stopped. There was still a world out there. And it was thanks to social media that I actually kind of got myself back out there because I realised there are other people like me that had FND that had the functional seizures and I wasn't yeah. on my own. So it's kind of got me to the point now where I'm feeling more confident in myself. I'm still learning to manage my FND and losing my mobility and my seizures. But now having more people around me, like with my group FND and us and, and me volunteering for FND Action, I've met others who, if I can't really help myself then I can at least help them or especially with those that are newly diagnosed I can kind of say to them look don't just let it go don't just forget about it look at what you've got have a look like get into groups meet other people and really involve yourself with with our community the FND community because they will be there to support you one hell of a way 
on the journey that you face so yeah 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 that's honestly so important and as someone who's been slightly more newly diagnosed it's people like you that have really made it possible to be comfortable and find myself through the diagnosis as well um you mentioned the social media and the blog uh well no you didn't mention the blog but <laughs> I wanted to talk quickly about the blog yeah. um so when did you start that blog was that something you started before you were diagnosed or after that was only started at the start of last year in February it is it will be on February the 1st it will be officially a year old um, oh wow it kind of this is what I mean from where I'll be honest where before I was diagnosed I only had my own personal social media I didn't really yeah. upload up, upload much so it's just kind of as and when for friends and family and it wasn't until I kind of thought you know what no I will put my story out there I will put my information and my personal experiences out there and in turn yeah. I met people so it was kind of like do you know what all this helping this knowledge that I've kind of learned kind of want to make something out of it and one thing that I was taught was brain dumping which was and it often helps me with brain fog is in the case of if I can't think of one thing clearly I'll kind of sit there and just jot everything down and I'll dump it out and then I can think yeah that's really good and kind of think straight for a few minutes so yeah. this what my blog was originally for it was just for me to put everything down for my fashion my art um, FND and all my other health disorders it was just a place for me to put it down into words and it wasn't until I actually started publishing it and letting other people read it that I realized actually I'm enjoying this and yeah I've really launched my creative side to come back out so that's how it kind of evolved a bit more into my unwired world where I literally just post about mobility aids, clothing, um, FND, IBD, PTSD, mental health, anything that I can relate to yeah. that I think it will help anyone else will be, be written about. And it is it's yeah, really, so, really... Yeah, you were talking about um, the clothing bit and the bringing out your creative side. So I think on the blog, you mentioned the fact that um, you're into like music and dancing and fashion in general. So how do you think those have you know impacted you and like FND in general how is that impacted? So you'll probably understand when I say FND really changes everything it's not yeah. just minor change it's it literally impacts everything around you from relationships to social to school learning work everything yeah for me I think it was the case of I can still really express who I am with my fashion, my music, my blog, my art, everything. It's kind of, I'm not locked into this, this body that I feel is broken, doesn't work and is in my yeah. turn unwired. But where is music? And I asked this on my blog and a lot of people said, chronically ill and not chronically ill, said music is their way of, of escaping, of yeah. able to let go of those that negative feeling and it releases that positive one. Like... One thing I said was most people have their heartbreak song, their happy song, their sad song, their I'm going to get up and go and get it song. But for me, yeah. if I'm having a bad day, music especially will help lift me up. My iPad and pencil where I do most of my digital tool work, that is my kind of freedom to just let go. And along with the group and the blog and with all my social medias, I know that I can kind of express me 
and that other people will understand it as well because they know how it kind of feels to be caged yeah. in a broken ill body if that makes sense so yeah yeah it's um it's like you're not just your um disorder or, or illness or whatever there's more to us than just being chronically ill this is it and yeah it's kind of a stereotype you've probably heard it but you don't look sick and all those other comments that kind yeah. of well yeah we're sick yes we're disabled yes we have disorders that limit us but it doesn't mean we're not here it doesn't mean we're not human we yeah. still I think we still have a right to actually be able to live how we want to live so why can't yeah. people themselves in the way they want to whether it's the way they dress music art it doesn't matter everyone's free to be themselves yeah I mean specifically especially on your your um support group on Facebook um the amount of um, posts of people posting their artwork and saying I've had um, the energy today to do this and it's been it's been really freeing and stuff like that and it's just in my opinion because I can't draw or anything but I I do the music side of it um, for me yeah. personally but the amount of people who just feel like I don't know what it is just the ability to do something else through art and music it, it's it's so good and so nice to see. It's nice to know that it's not limiting people. They're not letting it stop them. And it's kind yeah. of, it's refreshing. So yeah, it puts a smile on my face, especially when I see them going, yeah, go on, that's cool. Well, yeah. So um, can you tell us a little bit about um, functional neurological disorder or FND? Um, a bit about just in general and a bit personally about what you experience? Yeah. Well, a lot of people have actually messaged me or inboxed me on Facebook or Instagram asking me what's the best way to describe it. And one of them was, the easiest way I can explain it was imagine you're on a PC or a computer, you've got unlimited tabs open, they're all freezing, there's music coming from yeah. somewhere and it's just like, what's going on? It will freeze, blackout, shut down, reboot and restart. That is pretty much how you can explain FND is the case of is your body has too much to deal with, whether it's triggers, um, stress, work, home life, personal life, it's all rolled into one and your body just kind of goes, actually, things aren't right, things are messed up. And in turn, movement doesn't yeah. work, speech is messed up, um, memories, parts are forgotten whether you get it back or not, or whether you don't, it can literally affect any part of your body. Um, I know people that have bowel problems, thank you to FND, yeah. um, swallowing problems, It the list is endless. It's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, my first symptoms were seizures. Um, I did have other symptoms, but I generally thought it was all down to just what a seizure can do. Um, yeah. It wasn't an intern. I, I now have speech issues, mobility issues. I can't walk without crutches. I'm, I struggle completely. Yeah. I can be limited to a wheelchair some days, um, can't even move other days. Um, some, you're lucky because some days I can't even get my words out. I'm having to have help from my husband to, to actually even get out what I'm thinking or feeling. Um, yeah. But the days where I can do or go that little bit extra I will end up pushing myself and then I end up paying for it I mean a common conception yeah. um, that we will use is boom and bust boom being your good day or not a good day but where we can function that little bit better than the bad days and then the bust days yeah. are really that fallout afterwards and that's a common occurrence for me because I tend to 
really grab the good days by the horns and just let myself ride it out and then I end up paying for it in the next day to a week afterwards yeah. so but it's one of those where you don't want it to let you stop you but on the other hand you've got a kind of go well yeah I do need to rest I do need to listen I do just need to stop yeah but you'll probably understand with with being at uni it's not that easy just to go right okay I can't yeah. do this today I can't not turn up to a lesson or a lecture I've got to go yeah and that's when it comes into play of that whole catch 22 where you you're in trouble if you don't you're in trouble if you do so it's yeah, yeah. actually um because I've never heard of that um boom and bust um saying before so would you say that's very similar to I'm assuming you've heard of the spoons theory would you say it's similar to that or would you say it's quite a different analogy I, I it is limited to be fair well, not limited but I'd say it's pretty on par with the spoon theory yeah because we've obviously with the spoon theory you measure out your activities or say washing eating with spoons and if you have run yeah. out of then you're kind of in the bus stage whereas having those spoons is your boom but I think like myself and probably others some of us know where our boom limit is but choose to go over that because we know we've done it before so we can do it again but we yeah. can't yeah yeah <laughs> it's hard it's a hard balance trying to know um when to stop for yourself and when to continue so that you can still meet the social expectations definitely yes yes yeah so um I know you've mentioned the seizures um but can you tell us a little bit more about maybe your first how you first discovered that there was um something amiss and when around when that was um cool I know they started late 2005 early 2006 um, they were first misdiagnosed with just panic attacks um, and I was I was generally put on some quite hard sleep medication um, right. but they, they did just basically knock me out and put me to sleep um, and that's when the hard work really started because I couldn't quite place what was going on I couldn't pinpoint when it was starting to when the seizure had finished it for me it was just yeah. blank it still is now, but I now know some of the signs, like I can tick quite a lot sometimes, which can then turn into a yeah. seizure. Stress is a big trigger for me. So if I'm highly stressed, then we know that the seizure is going to be coming. Um, yeah. Or afterwards, I know that I have had one. I feel my body feels like concrete. It's really heavy. I struggle to move. Um, I can't place things a few hours before what's happened. And that's yeah. when I'm at. Whereas at first, I had no recollection of anything. It was just blank, missing. Um, yeah. And it turned out I kind of ignored it, just thinking maybe it's just stress. Maybe they're right. Maybe what the hospital was saying it is panic attacks. Um, I was actually in a full-time job that I'd been headhunted for at the age of 18. Um, I ended up having three massive seizures within the space of a, um, a week period at work, and I ended up spending most of the month of June in hospital. Oh um, gosh, yeah. going on. Um, still didn't get any answers then, but luckily, um, fast forward to 2017, I found a really good neurologist, and he knew exactly what was going on. But he just had to have the evidence to prove it. But luckily yeah. for me, my husband recorded the videos of me having seizures and showed them to them, 
So I got my test done and the test comes back with exactly what he needed to see, which was normal scans, but yet pregnancy and yeah. seizure, which was obviously non-epileptic seizures. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of, if you know the signs or you can tell the feelings, then I think from what I've seen through FND Action and my own group, most people, if they know they're going to get signs of a seizure, they'll stop what they're doing and they'll take themselves somewhere safe. Um, yeah. But then for others like me who don't know that they're coming all the time or can't actually tell exactly when they're going to hear, it's kind of, I'm I'm unemployable as such. Um, there's no medications for FND seizures, um, no help or anything. It's just yeah. a case have to get on with it. So this is why I do what I do with FND Action, my blog, um, my group. It's purely because of I want to help educate others and others in the situation that I'm in so they're not alone yeah and you definitely are I mean the amount of help from that group that I've seen other people get and personally I've gotten it's it's been a very helpful group to have and I think you're doing amazing work um because you've mentioned work um so could you just talk a bit about your experience um in having well specifically having those like seizures in the workplace but just in general how that workplace dealt with it and what that meant for you and how it made you feel um well the job that I was in when I was having the month of bad seizures I actually ended up losing my job from it um they did sack right. me I resigned but they sat me down and said look for your safety we can't have you here because we're not trained in it we don't know what to do and we don't have anything in place so I yeah I, I was grateful that they were actually putting my safety first before them making money if that makes sense so yeah. I did lose a job um I have tried since to get a job but it's literally all the employers come back and say health and safety risks because I'm not medicated there's nothing they can do which I understand yeah. And they are putting my health and they are putting the safety of others first but then it kind of leaves me feeling that like I can't provide for my family and it's because my yeah. husband my full-time carer so he can't work either so it's kind of we're on the benefits and there's all that homeless yeah. of our people on benefits they get everything they want they live a high we don't we struggle from from payday to payday we struggle and yeah. it's not but I've seen it as well actually what I'm doing I think is far more greater than earning money because I'm I'm helping people even if it's just talking to them I'm giving them that support like the amount of people that have messaged me saying even like not just from the UK but worldwide they've gone I'm in the same boat as you I can't work my employers or my ex-employers won't allow me to work um because of this this and this due to my FND where do I go I feel stuck and it's kind of I know exactly how you feel um it, it's that feeling of you want to and you know you can but in black and white and on paper we can't so it's yeah. it's just that block of when will there be things done for us either by the doctors that can kind of learn or do that kind of stuff or whether it's down to yeah. the employer kind of making adjustments and learn about it to kind of help fit us in it's not a magical yeah. Not going to be a quick fix but maybe one day in the future there will be this end of the stigma where of no you are a health and safety risk well we're not because some of us do know signs some of us do know when yeah days are coming so maybe maybe one day there'll be that that fusion of both 
medical and professionals all together actually on the same page and working together. Yeah, and I mean, there are laws that mean that um, places of work shouldn't and can't discriminate against people with disabilities, but I guess there is a fine line between whether it's a health and safety risk and whether it's just um, something that they need to make accommodations for. Because yeah. I've had that experience as well. I think that's a very well-known experience among people with chronic illnesses, but specifically FND, because it's so yeah. unknown. Nobody knows about it, which is I know a very hard thing. Oh, and it's um, FND is rarer than um, Parkinson's, but more common than yeah. MS. And it's just kind of, yeah, you can say that, but Parkinson's, MS and FND have their own sets. They shouldn't really be yeah. kind of, um, what's the word, compared as such. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about those, um, those the differences between them? Because I know a couple of people who have been misdiagnosed um with one or the other and then years later after they've uh, they've accepted the diagnosis have been told oh actually no it's something else see now I look at it as um in the case of and it's not just MS or Parkinson's there's a lot of disorders yeah there are yeah illnesses that and I really think the reason why they get confused or it's misdiagnosed because there's a lot of symptoms that each of these umbrella disorders have it's like yeah. with MS, you know that's a common um me rather not ms sorry me um there's a common thing where we're you're, you're constantly tired with me but then x y and z disorder all have that as well so does that mean yeah. you will know between cfs and fnd um fatigue within cfs is serious it's it's to the point where some people struggle to do anything because they are physically that too yeah. tired whereas fnd um, um parkinson's and any others that have with the symptom of fatigue it's the fact of that our body physically can't produce enough F energy for what yeah. we do and i think that is the problem with a lot of, and it's not just fnd or, or neurological disorders i think there's a lot with other issues mm -hmm. as well it's the fact of there's overlapping symptoms and so if you see a bunch of symptoms that are sitting two different disorders it's kind of well let's go for the easiest one i think is the one that's more tested and more this and more that it's easier just to kind of label it with one that is I think some yeah do see as a one label fits all and it doesn't let's just hop back to really quickly um the misconception of FND there was an idea by Freud um obviously they didn't know it was called FND back then that um about traumatic experiences about women being labeled with hysteria and that's all kind of the ideas behind FND up to, I don't know, like the 1900s. So yeah. um, can you elaborate on the reasons why FND has been said to be a psychological disorder and related to trauma? Yeah, I'm glad you've asked this actually, to be honest. Okay. Um, the, when I learned properly about the way FND comes about, it's not just trauma related. It can be anything from, um, an accident like literally a broken bone yeah and it can be triggered from that it can be a mental experience it can be a physical or it can be an emotional it's not just literally and this is one thing that really does great me is when people say it's all in your head yeah well yeah it can be but it doesn't necessarily stem from that from a mental health disorder it's kind yeah. of 
I've had plenty of people come to me and say, well, I've got FND, but they're saying I need to get mental help for it, um, like see a psychologist. Yeah. I've gone to see a psychologist and they've referred me saying that I don't need their help. I don't have any mental illnesses. I'm not mentally unwell. I don't have depression, yeah. anxiety, but yet I'm now being told it's in my head and I have to get psychological help. But it kind of then goes against those that say have had an accident, a physical accident, say falling down the stairs and yeah. broken or not, or their arm as such. A simple breakage that's easily fixed with cast six to eight weeks off, they can yeah. as well. You can't necessarily say that's psychological because they've not necessarily had anything traumatic happen to them except a breakage, which some people, yeah. I know, especially within children, it can them breaking parts and having a bright colored cast is quite exciting getting your friends to sign it so they yeah. won't necessarily see it as it's traumatic but then there is that branch now of well the fnd could stem from that because of them being of the age where it's it's scary it hurts that kind of thing but you can't yeah. put that feral example into adults because they're well aware of what pain is going to be like they're well aware of breakage of a bone is going to be required to whether it needs an operation to be put in cast or whether it's just a simple way of actually putting it back in cast and that's fine you can't then say well they're then going to be psychologically damaged as such because it, it it's not possible they could be quite fit healthy no issues whatsoever and they have then developed FN, developed fnd sorry purely because from of the single accident they've had um yeah I, Mine comes from one comes from from past um physical and emotional events that I was subjected to but yeah ultimately I also think it's from um I have a massive fear of needles from obviously where I was poorly as a baby and a young child yeah yes and, and everything else that they want done and stuff so I think my seizures also come about when I have to have blood tests and other needle work done as well because I just I, I struggle with my fear yeah but saying that this year I have vowed to not let FND get in my way so I am kind of That's very good yeah I'm on the podcast I don't do well with with talking to people publicly to be honest don't mind putting it on onto words like you see with my Instagram and my blog and stuff yeah easier to actually write things down and let people read it than it is to actually physically speak out so yeah. yeah and I also think talking about um physically speaking out when you've got chronic illness and you have something like brain fog um actually doing this is more nerve-wracking because you know your brain might just crap out at some point um, this is and, what I, and you don't want to have that happen this is what I'm waiting for is almost for you to ask me something to be be replying and I can't actually remember what you asked me and I feel like I'm just babbling on about nothing yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm waiting for that as well, to be fair. So we can we can deal with that together. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, so um, the NIH website um, has made the mistake of saying that um, FND is a psychological um, disorder, especially with the DSM-4 criteria for diagnosing it. But with DSM-5, I think they've now corrected it. Um, I think it's generally the same idea, but the wording is slightly different so that doctors can't just say, um, it's, so they can't just, what's the wording? Um, oh. So they can't say, hang on, give me a second. It's happened now, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, 
it's not a like a, a negative one do you know what i'm talking about yeah i think the terminology of it they've kind of rearranged the, the wording of how it's said instead of people looking at it and going uh because I, I did actually do an instagram post about this and about the terminology for for functional seizures at the moment yeah. it's non-epileptic attack disorder or need which yeah. is nice and they thought about it but if you really look at it non-epileptic attack disorder just instantly says well it's not epilepsy so so what's happening yeah. um yeah bear with me i will find the post that i did but um i did actually That's generally cool. a big post about the name of seizures um the original name pseudo seizures as well um yeah did actually do quite a big I, I get generally not angry but it it, it winds me up especially when professionals use pseudo seizures because they know exactly what pseudo means and instantly yeah. understand what pseudo means will instantly know that it's fake it's yeah. not it's the same with terminology like um psychosomatic and conversion disorder it's all of those that have very negative connotations oh, um, yes. it's already it's already a disorder that i know maybe maybe it's just me i don't know but i feel that it's not taken seriously and I gaslight myself into thinking that it's all in my head because of what the doctors say and what the general public says when if they generally know about FND and those words don't help they hinder no that's exactly it this is what I thought bear me one moment and I'll read it to you what I put that's if I can yeah. find it. the other thing is before I forget um I think DSM-5 has also changed to state that it can't just be a uh, ruling out of other conditions now there has to also be some testing to positively indicate fnd which wasn't in dsm4 no i mean when i was um originally diagnosed the tests that they did um was a couple of a couple, were they eegs or ecgs where they attached the wires to EEGs. The, several of those well some were in while i was in hospital and then they realized obviously some people like they're used to certain surroundings certain situations so they feel relaxed and calm and what i've found when i'm talking to someone about it my brain don't i don't think my brain processes that i'm actually speaking about it until afterwards and that's when i'll start having my effects like seizures or my tics will come on um yeah but i think some people it's hard to actually get across how severe it affects them even if they're not able to show the doctor or whoever they're speaking to there and then so i think it's yeah. the when you can actually positively see it like they did with me um, because they sent me home with it for 24 hours. Literally, they picked it up that I was having a seizure, but they picked it up obviously not being epilepsy. So you yeah. can relatively actually see that there's brain activity that shouldn't be happening. It's just not the brain activity that they can almost interpret and, and understand properly. So they're just kind of almost just going, yeah, it's under the FND, Let's that's it. It's yeah. really that's that's interesting um because there's a lot of the letters written after you have an eeg state something like um no abnormal brain activity so because i didn't actually know know that about there's still some activity that shouldn't be there so when they state there's no abnormal brain activity are they are they completely ignoring maybe that's not the right word but ignoring the other activity that shouldn't be there but they don't know what that is or is that what it is 
Um, I think it's more the case of they know that there's something there, but because there's nothing, say, in black and white already written for them, like, do you know, yeah. like, pseudo seizures, it was already there. It's just a case of over the time it's been changed, interpreted better, understood a bit better, and so it's almost progressed, yeah. evolved. But I think the issue that it is, is the wrong term was given at the start. And I think that's the whole issue with FND is because it's it's been labelled with or commented with things that shouldn't have been labelled yeah. or commented. It's almost given it a black X and gone, eh, eh. and it's left everyone else like me and you with it, like going, well, where yeah. did it go? Being given a leaflet yeah. or a website or or someone's name to or book to read isn't good enough. They kind of wouldn't wouldn't give it to someone who is terminally ill saying that there's a book there's thing go read up on it they'd offer them help so it's kind of why yeah. we left as well just to kind of go okay we need to find help ourselves now it's crazy how those how from freud and even before that those um labels have have been are still on us to this day it's 2023 like we shouldn't be thinking about those labels and they're quite negative this is it because there's still the label of hysteria coming back from back in the day when yeah. it was that's where the, those names pseudo have all come for hysteria was given to the women that were crazy but that clearly isn't yeah. fd that clearly isn't what we're all suffering with today that was clearly yeah. back then but like and i won't lie there i have seen cases across my my socials where people have gone well they don't my doctor doesn't know what it is so they've just given me an fnd diagnosis yeah and that when it gets hard because they shouldn't just be able to just put that diagnosis on someone without doing the right test or without doing the test that would conclude that it could be FND, yeah. not something more serious. And I think that's where yeah. the also lies is them not doing enough to rule out, say, other diagnoses first. Yeah. And it's also not only if you're diagnosed with FND itself, just having a negative Thing around it but if you're diagnosed with fnd and it's actually not fnd and it's something that can be treated and fixed like my friend was diagnosed with fnd and it's actually arthritis there are medications that can at least help to deal with the symptoms this is um, my now um i haven't seen a neurologist um since 2017 when i was diagnosed i've seen a specialist yeah. my seizures but like they say they only deal with specifically the seizures so yeah. i been a neurologist in six years I'm still waiting to see one I've asked to be referred I'm still waiting to be seen but I've yeah. now got other issues presenting other symptoms that aren't FND that I've had numerous people from all around the world commenting saying that looks like this and that looks like that and what they're referring to I know there is treatment out there for but yeah in the case of well if if I'm diagnosed later than what I should have been is it going to cause any complications or are there things that I don't know that I should know about about this disorder or this health yeah. issue I have now and that's yeah. what have I been thinking that everything is is based on my FND when it really isn't it is another underlying cause and I think that's yeah. what they do more of instead of just going right it is FND that's it we think it's this because of this 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 is what you've said it should be actually, we're going to do test for this, test for this, test for this, test for this. We don't think it is, but we want to rule it out so we know that it isn't that. And I think yeah. that's where the starting point should be, maybe, is looking at what it's not instead of what and they think it is. Yeah. 
So you said you actually go see a specialist for the seizures, but on that topic, do you, which label do you prefer for talking about the seizures? Is it functional? Is it non-epileptic? It's obviously not pseudo seizures, but I'll throw that in the mix just in case. Yeah. No, it is functional seizures I prefer. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's the same with me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of, it doesn't just sound like I'm, I'm ill without a reason, at least when I face functional seizures, because as you know, it's not just a full body seizure. You can have head jerks, which can turn into a seizure. Yeah. Your legs can go, your arms, different body parts can, can seize. It's not just as everyone thinks, yeah. our whole body goes into a seizure, your eyes roll in the back of the head, you foam in the mouth and bite your tongue and wet yourself. No, that's not, yeah. that's not a typical seizure for everyone. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. So the next set of questions, we'll be focusing on doctors and institutions. Um, so when the symptoms first started, um, how helpful were the healthcare professionals in, I'm assuming the NHS, but privately, if you went privately? No, it was with the NHS. So yeah, yeah I wish I could, but can't afford private, so. Uh, to be honest, it took 11 years from when my symptoms first started to get a diagnosis um, to 2017. I mean, the doctors that were involved, I was in three different, I've seen doctors from three different counties at three different hospitals and doctor surgeries to all try and help. Yeah. The final one came down from um, London, um, where I went to the neuro hospital or new neurosurgery hospital i think it's next to great ormond street and they run oh, lots yeah. um and this was all down for my seizures as well and they couldn't find anything bar they thought it was migraines which i do have but it's genetic for me so it's just kind of right, yeah um that was back in 2014 and then i moved back up with my parents because i was struggling too much um and went referred up to Birmingham and that's when I got my diagnosis because he was kind of he'd seen that I'd struggled for so long I'd lived with it for so long without any answers and it was just a case of determined to get the answers and, and find out what was going on yeah um the specialist up in Birmingham was brilliant um obviously there's only so much they can do to help um yeah and then down here as well so I was a bit stuck, um, ended up moving away from Birmingham and down to Sussex. And yeah, I'm just waiting now just to see the neurologist and other teams again. So um, as I won't lie, my mental health played up quite bad last year. So I kind of end up putting all my appointments um, to one side and not really doing much and just kind of really did give up to be fair last year, thanks to my FND and everything else with it. Um, but then I realised that it wasn't the end it was just the beginning and literally just I've come back with yeah. more now more fire in me I think those um pushing the appointments back though um there's been multiple appointments of mine that um I I try to go with my parents these appointments because the doctors don't listen to me on my own maybe because I'm still you know quite young a teenager so they don't want to listen to me but where I've said to my parents I'm not going because I know what they're going to say and they're not going to change change and my parents have been the ones to say let's go and hear what they say and I go to those appointments and sometimes they're positive and sometimes they're still negative and I've had doctors tell me um some quite hurtful things and I think that's an issue that needs to be sorted especially with FND and the stereotype around it 
I completely agree. Um, I won't lie, I'm 35 and I've asked my mum to come to my next hospital yeah. appointment because I know I even turned around and said to her because she actually has arthritis and she deals my appointments with rheumatology. Um, so not for FND, but I know how they work. And my mum is quite used to going to rheumatology and the questions and everything that comes around it. So I said to her, can you come yeah. with me? Because I know but what I say to them, they'll either take it two ways. They'll listen to me and actually do what I ask them or what they feel is best to to look at what I'm saying or they'll just be negative and even like you know snidey snarks as much as you don't need that you're you're too young or you're not you're not in the category for it, it yeah. it's not the case there are several people that no shouldn't fall into a category of certain something but they do and it, it's it's unfortunately it's the way of life things don't always go the way yeah. that they do. And I think this is where the doctors kind of need to come into it as well if a patient comes to them and says well this 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 and this isn't right oh I'm feeling like this or this doesn't fit in with these okay. symptoms then they should really go with what the patient's saying and go actually okay yeah and if they come back without any answers or not the answers that they thought they would and better then that's good but at least they can say well I actually did this much of the patient I went a little bit beyond yeah. I listened to what they said not with what I think I know from what I've been taught. I've actually gone with what the patient's saying to me. And I think sometimes that that judgment call needs to be made than what textbooks say as such. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. So have you had any experience um, with doctors and the criteria with the DSM-5 guidelines and them saying, oh no, you you don't have FND or I oh know it's definitely FND even to the symptoms that you don't think personally are FND? Um, to be honest, when with my symptoms, um, I know it was in 2017, but they generally actually listened and they took on board what they were actually presented with, not just with what their guidelines was telling them to go with. They actually, um, like unless they witness them themselves, it's, they sometimes don't want to make a judgment call. But the, the neurologist yeah. I because my husband had actually filmed it properly and he'd actually filmed it um one of them when I actually had the wires on my head as well um so right. it wasn't them having their wires pick it up they could physically visually see my seizure too and I think when yeah. they they take it on board to actually taking on board sorry my brain's just gone um Fine. When they take on board what they're actually seeing against with what they're being say told to do in textbook style, it's nice because they know that they are generally making their own call when they can physically see, even though it's not, I'm not having a seizure there, then in front of them, they're still taking into account what my husband's shown them. So the evidence, it's not just, well, I'm not going to because I haven't personally. It's okay, we've got evidence, we've got it all, we can make an yeah. kind of decision. And I think that's what needs to be yeah. done. But I know it's not always the case. And this is one thing that I've put on my social recently that I don't always film. You won't always see my seizures or tics because A, for me trying to film them myself, my anxiety plays up so I can't. And to be yeah. honest, you've got friends and family around you that can see you're having a seizure. I doubt very much, Not I can bet my life that a single one of them wouldn't pull their phones out and start filming me. They'd be like, let's help her. Let, let's make sure she's yeah. okay. So it's kind of also in that that catch twenty two as well that if you can't film it, it's hard to then prove it as well or show people. So I think in that instance, the the medical professionals need to take into account that there isn't anyone there to help them. 
So if they almost yeah. that they're struggling, then maybe a referral to adult social services to get a carer in, or at least someone that could say be there that one day would catch, visually catch seeing it, yeah. what people are saying. I, I think that's another thing. It's not fair that there are some people struggling because they don't have the support around them to help them. Yeah. They are, they are generally just falling through the fishing net and not getting help. And that is there yeah. when the support groups do come into play. Those that say, well, we are suspected diagnosis of FND, but haven't got one yet due to tests and everything else going through. They, they, at least then they can get a bit of reassurance from talking to people that have been through the same, that then have got the diagnosis. Yeah but they face those battles as well it's it's always helping others that's that's what needs to be yeah. done is help others a bit more yeah and those support groups teach you to advocate for yourself which i think is a major part especially with a diagnosis like fnd yeah um no. you you mentioned just then about um like your friends and family like respecting your privacy when you're having a seizure but i think the hard thing is it's when you need a diagnosis, so you have to have people video. Because I know I've been in um, school, like um, like sixth form, and I'd be having a seizure. And because the doctors, I needed evidence of it, I'd have to ask my friends um, to video and help me because not all the teachers knew how to handle it, but my friends did. And I'm lucky I had that support system, but not everybody who went um, who goes through this has that support system. And it's it's also hard to have that to feel that you need the support from these people like you can't be completely independent and I think that's the other thing that people with FND struggle with a lot of the time. Definitely yeah I mean if it wasn't for my husband then I probably wouldn't have had anything filmed but it's kind of the case of I've had to say to him like you you need to film me if I have a seizure film me yeah. and like well I'll only film you if I know you're safe like say if I'm in bed and I'm having yeah one. He's happy to film me then as because he knows that I am physically okay, as in he can see me, he's there, I'm laying down, I'm yeah. safe. Whereas if I say to him when we're out and about, film me, he'll be like, no, because if you go down, I can't catch you, I can't grab you, I can't do anything because I'm stood there with my phone. And he's like, that's not the way it works. Yeah. So it's really, really hard, especially like you said, with those that when you can't film it, it's, it's awkward more than anything because you know what, what's going on. You just can't, because you're not yeah. actually either you can't physically describe what's going on and you can say as well yeah I've, I've had a seizure because this 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 yeah. is there it all so and so's told me I've had one so it's are you aware when you um are you like not conscious but are you aware you're having a seizure at the time but then forget details of it later or or do you in a sense black out in that post uh pre-seizure bit uh, it's 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 a case of a bit of both to be honest when I have an absence seizure um I don't fully yeah. go of it it's just what would look like to others um I'm zoning out I'm just staring um I can hear muffles but I physically can't everything's just blurred for me it's yeah I'm like stuck in a glue bubble if that makes sense where you can hear stuff but you can't see anything but it's just it's yeah. all um, whereas with my tonic clonics, I'm I'm fully gone. I don't even know. I mean, the amount of injuries that I've had from from seizures and stuff. I mean, um, twenty twenty start of June, I ended up fracturing my eye socket from oh, head yeah. to sofa. Yeah, literally, my eye was just like that for three to four weeks. It was just black. So yeah, yeah it is awkward, but 
if you can if you can record it then then do it but obviously yeah. don't hurt yourself or get anyone else to to make them and I think sometimes this is where yeah. I think also professionals push people and say well you need that video evidence you need to ask people it's it's not that simple there's some people that won't even feel comfortable even being in the same room that will if you see a seizure yeah. in the middle of the street will continue to just walk past you and it's not maybe because they don't don't know what to do it's maybe because their anxiety they're they're scared that they're yeah. gonna have to do something wrong so I think that's yeah. where a part of raising awareness with both medical professionals and the schools as well needs to come about because I think yeah well what we go through um in terms of when we come out of a seizure what we need I think there'll be a bit more understanding a bit more help and people will be able to deal with it a hell of a lot better as well yeah actually you just you did just mention schools again so um did you ever have any of your symptoms whilst you were in school or was it all post 18 um I did have a few symptoms in school but I generally can't remember um I yeah I remember one but this is only from what I've been told um the case of I had a really bad absence seizure in in the middle of a class and I, I apparently yeah everyone out because I couldn't snap out of it. I think where everyone had then come out of the room to say the end of the lesson or whatever had happened. Um, I generally think it might have been the whole trigger of um, too much noise in a confined space. It was just too much. Yeah. And I think it just sent me into an absent seizure. And I, I just remember coming out of it thinking it's really quiet in here. Why is it silent? Um, yeah. And that's all I can remember that. And it's all from what my friend had told me from when we were at school. Um, but I know I wasn't very well during school and my school life. So, but it's kind of, I don't know. It's for me now um, with my own children in school, um, I will always educate and tell the staff what I have yeah. with FND. Um, and it's actually quite refreshing because most of the teachers actually want to learn more. Um, oh, good yeah so I am there are quite a few students under the age of 16 with FND um and yeah. I know within when within the schools as well so I'm actually at the moment I've managed to get it in one set of academies I'm trying to make sure that they roll it out through the whole whole of the academies but so far they are going to be learning about functional seizures um instead of just epileptic oh, wow. I'm hoping yeah. to get the rest of the academies ASAP as well so yeah yeah my audio cut out here, unfortunately. However, we were discussing that some people have less than positive experiences with institutions such as schools, not believing people with FND. And I asked Ray, what reactions does she usually get from people when she tells them she has FND? It kind of varies. You'll get the... Yeah, wow. You'll get the people that will try and understand, but don't. Yeah. But they'll do whatever they can to try and understand it more then you get some people that are just like well if it doesn't affect me then I don't need to learn about it and then you get yeah. those literally dive headfirst into understanding it properly so they can support you or anyone else with it anyway which way possible um, yeah it all just depends but then it's it's what they've been told whether it's through social media the news which however they read their information there's someone out there that doesn't feed the right information so there's always going to be misconception or misdiagnosis or, or misinformation being put out there for some people it, it all just depends on who you kind of 
um, project to that will listen that, that will then come back and interact with you to kind of elaborate more on it. Again, my audio cut out here. However, what I was asking Ray was what she thinks needs to be done by society to make it more accessible for people with hidden disabilities, more specifically FND. First and foremost, they need to read up on FND, whether it's through FND Action's website, John Stowe. Um, there's so many neurologists out there on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook that will post and publish about FND. I mean, John Stone's um, the best one for it on Twitter. He will, he yeah. will for a tweet about FND. Um, so if you want to read up on it, whether you're a professional, medical, school, anyone in whatever profession, builder, yeah. If you want to learn about FND, go and do your own research. But I say, don't just stick to the websites of the professionals. Speak to those that have yeah. FND because they will generally tell you how it is. They won't beat around the bush. They'll be as blunt as a blunt needle. They will tell you the excuse my language. They will tell you how crap it is. They won't yeah. sugarcoat it. But then they'll also tell you how good other things can be as well. Well, just because we have mobility issues it's for me it's a kind of those catch 22 yeah i'm disabled now yeah i can't work yeah i'm limited to what i could do but for me personally i've met i've now have and i'm in a community of thousands around the world where they understand me i can speak to them without like saying yeah everything's fine when it's not i can say to them i'm in massive amounts of pain and i don't know how to deal with it it's kind mm -hmm. of they're like I understand, I know how that feels. Have you tried this or have you tried that? It's just the case of we all work together to help build each other back up again. And I think if it wasn't for me, as bad as it sounds, becoming disabled, I wouldn't have met all those people that I've met now that have now helped me understand that better. Like you, it's kind of, you're allowing me to share my story to hear other people, but in turn, yeah. you're helping me by my confidence as well, by allowing me to come on. It's it's just little things. I don't think some people, when when you're able-bodied to them going disabled or having disabilities that affect or disorders that affect your mobility and your capability to do things for yourself, you kind of do turn to say more things that would draw you saying in start in inside, like my art, for instance. The days that I know I can't go out and can't see friends or family, I will literally just latch on to my art and my drawing and my painting. That That's my freedom. Yeah. So I think the way that if people want to help us is, is go and speak to people, go and find out about it for yourself. Interpret yeah. yourself. Don't allow what other people say have written in the past or called it in the past, turn you off it or not make you want to learn, I wholeheartedly suggest going and speaking to people that have it themselves and then you'll understand. And then they should be able to like make the adequate adjustments. Like say some of us that have mobility issues on some days we can walk and we can walk fine. Other days we need crutches or, or walking sticks or it's mm -hmm. rolling or wheelchairs. Just for instance, um, a stairs accessible um, say lecture hall for you if you one day struggled with your mobility if you couldn't get up those stairs having a foldable removable ramp that could be picked up and just put down for those that needed it yeah that will make it accessible for you you wouldn't have to miss out on your lecture because you couldn't get into the, the into the place that it was being held yeah and I, it's subtle changes like that just thinking about well it doesn't need to be permanent 
but something that can be put there just in case. My audio cut out here. So what I was asking Ray was whether she could talk to us a bit about what she does with her work with the charity F&D Action. At the moment, um, the head office is located in Maidstone, so I can't actually travel to and from. Um, but we ha- I have meetings with the team um, every few weeks or every month. Um, basically, all I do is is help support people with FND, carers, people that are wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. They, the medical professionals will signpost them to where they can actually read proper information. Um, all within the Facebook support groups as well. But um, every Tuesday, I run a topic Tuesday where I'll create something maybe about what's your favourite film um, over Christmas. Mm-hmm. I did what, what's that one Christmas movie that you cannot watch or that you have to watch yeah. over. So it's just for me, I get all the members to kind of chat and, and kind of ex- and share their experiences and stuff. Um, there's a few of us at the moment on the team and we all have our individual things that we do so it's I'm actually working on the Instagram um, page for FND Action yeah. and trying to get all the right information up so I'm just I'm researching at the moment and I'm looking so I can see what's the best post to get put out but it's all about fundraising and just getting the knowledge out um, like the latest campaign that FND Action have at the moment is Inform the Doctor um, where yeah four-page leaflet is four-page papers being created that can be handed to any medical professional so they understand what functional neurological disorder is and how they yeah. can help too um but yeah it's just just little things like that making changes for for everyone with fnd it's brilliant yeah. I absolutely so yeah yeah um have you i'm assuming you know about um the try and speak to write letters to the MPs to make them more aware that stuff can be done at a like, level about FND. Do you, do you think you can explain a bit of that campaign is trying to do and why it's useful? Um, I think that campaign's with FND Hope, it's another charity, but I believe what they're okay. trying to do is literally just make all the MPs aware of what is going on with their within their constituencies. Because let's be honest, I won't divulge, but I generally believe the NHS is is suffering so much because they, the MPs and the government, don't understand what what yeah. is really going on, what we're facing. So I generally believe it's it's a way and a start to make all the people higher up that can change things make them see that a change needs to be made. Okay. I think that final sort of question. Have you got any advice for anyone who's newly diagnosed or might think they have the um yeah so the your disability in general have you got any advice um if you think you have it and you're waiting for a diagnosis i say write everything down everything time date it and where you were if you can then kind of link your triggers or, or if you can see a pattern of triggers mention it as well all these little tiny things that you think are irrelevant are massive and will mean a lot and it will help um if you can get videos record them or pictures or or anything that you can present to help them get you a diagnosis do and then once they've diagnosed you do not just let them fob you off with this or that if they do i i personally recommend take to the internet and find groups whether it's in real real time 
in a place or whether it's via Zoom or social media, go and source the help, go and source support groups. Don't sit alone and deal with it by yourself. There's loads of us that will be willing to help you and be there for you. Thank you very much for coming on the Hidden Disability Path. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you and raising awareness for functional neurological disorders. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.